languages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Good morning, Martin. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Stuart. I thought you'd fallen asleep then. Oh, no, I got there eventually. Um, episode 11 now of the episode LM Experience. 11. Yep, following hot on the heels from uh, from Linda Blackwell, which I think was a very, very successful uh, podcast last week. Um, getting lots of traction in the industry with that. Fantastic. Uh, well, this week we've also got a very special guest, um, and I will introduce you to him now. Uh, Mr. Charles McDowell, who is the Commercial Director of Mortgages at Aldermore Bank. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Thanks Good morning, for Charles. having me. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us today and coming along. Um, I wonder if you can just start first of all by uh, hearing a bit of background with regards to your career in the marketplace, really, Charles, and your responsibilities within your role at Aldermore. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm commercial director at Retail Mortgages within Aldermore. So that means, I guess, I'm responsible for sales, marketing, mm-hmm. products proposition, margin, all that sort of good stuff, as you, as you would expect uh, within the within the retail mortgages, which is predominantly buy to let and residential owner occupied. I've been at Aldermore four years now, and uh, the time's absolutely flown by, actually. I, I arrived at Aldermore. My, my history is a bit of a boring one. I'm a bit of a, a, a bean counter. I'm a, an accountant by trade. Worked a lot with, um, um, I was in a consultancy practice, worked a lot with a lot of the big banks, a lot of mm-hmm. the big financial institutions, sort of going around and helping them post the crisis, doing lots of transactions and things like that. I came into Aldermore on a consultancy basis for probably about 12 months to help Aldermore through the IPO about four years ago. We floated on the London Stock Exchange. And when I arrived in Aldermore, absolutely fell in love with the place, fell in love with the culture, fell in love with the people. Mm-hmm. Um, they offered me a permanent role, so I, I absolutely jumped at it. Um, and I've been at Aldermore uh, for over four years, as I say. And then about two years ago, they asked me to come across to join the Aldermore Mortgages business to mm-hmm. help uh, sort of uh, um, work with that team. And again, um, absolutely fallen in love with this mortgage industry I think it's a wonderful industry to be involved in and really since then it's just been um, just been working with with the mortgage team to try and sort of develop our proposition and, and do something a little bit different in the market Fantastic So Aldermore was obviously one of the the challenger banks that emerged after the financial crisis um, others like Metro Bank Atom lenders like that as well How do you feel now that the, the offering that Aldermore has sits within the overall marketplace for brokers and f- for customers as well Yeah so I guess you know at Aldermore we've got a really clear vision about what banking should be, particularly when you mentioned kind of post the crisis. You know, mm-hmm. banks absolutely should not be masters of the universe, masters of the economy or industry. Banks are here to serve. Mm-hmm. We're here to serve businesses. We're here to serve industry. We're here to serve intermediaries and customers and our borrowers and homeowners and landlords. And I think that that um, sort of theme of what banking should be really goes through everything that Aldermore does and it's similar across a, a number of the other challengers as well mm-hmm. um, and if you look at sort of Aldermore and, and we are we are a bank it is banking as you should be it isn't just it isn't just a mortgage lender and that goes when you look at our offering we've got a fantastic savings offering out there fantastic online savings uh, uh, you can go on open up an account in 15 minutes get some cracking returns um, and we are all retail deposit funded we're not securitised mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say that's how you that's 
that's how you fund yourself through because you've always been good in the savings market from memory. Th- that's right. Yes. So our, our savings proposition is actually it's a it really is a fantastic proposition. If you if any brokers out there have some spare cash, that is a fantastic Unlikely. place. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic place to put it. And we're predominantly a retail funded, as you say. But then we've got some cracking lending lines, and it's we're not just a mortgage lender. Mm-hmm. We lend on asset finance, invoice finance. So that's helping you know small businesses and small and medium sized enterprises get up and, uh, get up and running. That's lending on machines that they want to put in factories and things mm-hmm. like that. And then we've got a moving into the core sort of more mortgage space. We've got a property development line um, where we lend to small and medium sized property developers and house builders, mm-hmm. and that's an absolutely brilliant business. I, I love that. You know, at any any point in time, we've we're funding about. 200 to 300 uh, house building schemes across the UK mm-hmm. that can have up to, what, 30 houses that are being built. So at any point in time, I'm always thinking there's about 9,000 houses that are being built because of Aldermore. Fantastic. And that, that that makes me really proud. Then we've got a good um, commercial real estate uh, mortgage offering. So that's helping fund sort of factories and warehouses or retail units. Typically, actually, it tends to be retail units that we, that we lend on. And then, of course, into the sort of more retail mortgage space, um, Good buy-to-let offering, really broad buy-to-let offering, and a residential and occupied offering as well. So you've got a really diverse uh, business model there. It, it is absolutely yes, and it is just about saying, okay, well, you know, we are, as I said, we are here to serve the economy. We are here to support Britain's go-getters, the people that don't fit the mould, mm-hmm. people that want to do things a little bit differently, and we're here to support them right through the whole sort of um, um, sort of life cycle of these these people, be them being sort of self-employed, helping with their business, helping mm-hmm. with their savings, helping with their home ownership. Fantastic. So obviously we noticed as well that Audemore have recently launched a new later life lending range. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yes. So I, I guess, and going back to the we're here to serve point, you know, we are constantly on the lookout for areas of the market that are underserved by the high street lenders, for want of a better phrase. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the last you know, 12 months, we've done a lot in the self-employed space by, you know, looking at one year's accounts and net retained earnings and dividends and stuff to help self-employed. Um, we've recently gone into adverse lending, where we now look at people who've had CCJs and defaults. Mm-hmm. And I guess the last area, the last big area that we had identified that we believe is really underserved is later life lending or lending into retirement and I would go as far as saying actually there's a there's there's a real unfairness as how lenders look at people who are moving into retirement almost edging on discrimination actually Um, and it's an unfairness for no reason other than lazy lending practices and lazy underwriting and lazy affordability assessment Mm -hmm. so we looked at that and we wanted to really um, come up with a way of you know, producing a proposition, producing a product that will sort of serve people um, into their o- older age. Okay. What, what sort of types of borrower are you really aiming to attract with, with the product itself? Is it people who are, for example, experiencing um, dialogue with their existing lender coming to the end of their interest-only term, for example? Or Yes. Um, well, that, that, that's a good question. We, when, we, when we developed this product, we developed it in a really collaborative way. We spoke to an awful lot of brokers. We spoke to a lot of networks. It is a limited distribution uh, uh, product at the moment. We're doing it through a couple of networks, OpenWork and PTFS, who we worked really, really closely with in terms of designing what this product needs to look like. Mm-hmm. We also did a lot of work with a and one of our, uh, it's available through the packager Atom with the, with the Janels, who's been absolutely fantastic in terms of giving us the insight to what this product should look like. Mm-hmm. Also worked a lot with LNG, Maria Catch at LNG done f- some fantastic work there helping us understand what the need is and uh, and, and you know what, what the market is asking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess in terms of what type of customer, it, it's kind of a wait and see actually. We, we've come up with some ideas of what the type of customer is going to be 
definitely those customers rolling off interest only will be a clear um, th- this will hopefully um, provide a solution to those customers mm-hmm. but there will be customers who are possibly in the bank of mum and dad or the bank of granny and grandpa who want to um, release some equity sort of to gift it down to their, their mm-hmm. children to help get them on the housing ladder or also the people who want to enjoy their retirement. I think that we have this retirement system set up whereby you hit retirement and you get a fixed income for the rest of your life. Um, But people are living for longer, we're healthier for longer, and we're wealthier for longer. Mm -hmm. And quite often that people are looking at the retirement and going, well, actually, I'm going to be retired for 20 years. I want to have a nice first five years and then start reducing my mm-hmm. my outgoings. And therefore, with, with this type of mortgage, it allows them to withdraw equity out of, the, uh, out of the house, out of their assets, use that equity to have a more fulfilling lifestyle in that mm-hmm. initial five to 10 years when they retire and then start sort of um, um, sort of pulling back on their expenditure. So there's, there's lots of... Um, potential customers out there and it really is sort of a wait and see actually I'm quite excited to see what type of customers come through our doors actually. Yeah. How big, how big is, is the market do you think Charles what, what, what due diligence have you done to maybe try and find yes. out what, what scope could be for lending Yeah so there's there's lots of um, um, surveys out there in fact the CML have got a fantastic report that they brought out about um, 12 months ago I forget the, the name of it but if you go on their website or the UK Finance I should say go on the website you can you can get that report and that, that is great um, there's some estimates now that the current lending into retirement mortgage uh, mortgage market is 65 billion now that isn't a specific market design for people in retirement that is just people on their existing mortgages rolling into the phase in which they are retired that is estimated to grow to about 150 billion in 10 years time mm-hmm. now that growth to 150 billion in 10 years time is just seeing how the current market is and the current demographics is and as people get older people are going to move into that bucket mm-hmm. as people are living longer etc interestingly that 115 billion in 10 years time that is assuming no change to people's attitudes no change to product offering etc mm-hmm. so i actually think that we when we get to 2027, the market could be significantly larger, actually, because I think more and more people will come into this market with products specifically designed for people in retirement. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's all right, Stu. I think, yeah. um, I think the market will be bigger than buy today. Oh, c- completely agree. 100%. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is going to be one of the... It won't be the majority of the mortgage market, but it will certainly be a significant minority of the mortgage market. Okay. What are the general kind of uh, features of the actual the, the arrangement around the later life lending in terms yep. of age ranges, um, yes. loan amounts, that sort so of thing? So to qualify for this age range, you need to be 55 and over. Mm-hmm. Um, maximum age at application is 85. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can apply right up until your 85th birthday. Um, and the maximum age at end of term is... Is 99. So if someone comes to us as a 55-year-old, they can get a 44-year term to take them to, to, 90, uh, take them to 99. Equally, if someone comes to us as an 85-year-old, they can get a 14-year term. Mm-hmm. We have you know two, three, five, and 10-year fixes built in there. Um, should say on the 10-year fix, there's no ERCs after 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 year five, so just to help with flexibility there. Plus, we've got a variable um, option where there's no ERCs at all. Um, it's up to 60% LTV on interest only or up to 75% LTV on capital repayment. And I think there's good solid rates there. They start at Mm -hmm. 3.38%. There's a small premium on our standard range, um, but, you know, I think they're good good competitive rates in the market there. Is this competing with equity release, do you think, directly? I think this is about providing extra choice to the customers. Um, And there's a, you know, I, I kind of see this as an analogy. You're Everyone's on this train and we're going through this 
metropolitan city called Mortgage City. And there's loads of options, loads of stops, and people can get off the train whenever they want. And then they hit 55 or 65, mm-hmm. and literally they're past the suburbs. There's no stops until they get to this little village called Equity Release. <laughs> and it's just about giving people more choice on the route towards Equity Release. Equity Release is a product which is, I'm sure, great for some people, suitable for some people, but this is about giving more choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be you know, really interested to see the, the feedback from the intermediary market about what type of customers fall into this in, into this bucket. Because I, I should say that, you know, this is, this is a, we are really um, keen to stress that I see the intermediaries playing a really key point in providing the insight into what type of customers are, are suitable for the, this type of product. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, I mean, generally with regards to Audemore's wide range of funding options Mm -hmm. that you have, going from the commercial elements all the way through to obviously first-time buyers at higher loan-to-values as well. That's that's obviously really useful in the market as it stands. Is there any specific areas of your lending that you feel are really primed for growth very soon? Apart from later life lending, because obviously we know that's a big area. That yeah, so you know, I guess going back to the um, uh, sort of the niches that we, within the market that are underserved, I, th- I think the key growth areas at the moment are going to be self-employed. Um, you know, as a society and as demographics within the society, we are becoming more and more complex in terms of what our financial situations look like. Mm-hmm. People are becoming more um, self-employed; they're becoming more complex in terms of their financial situation, and therefore it, uh, it's absolutely key for specialist lenders, and I'll put all specialist lenders in that sort of bucket, are there to really ensure that we are able to provide the financial solutions to these complex situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the self-employed, then I think there's the the adverse piece, which I said you know a few weeks ago, we've now opened up our, our adverse criteria just to give um, clients extra, um, extra um, financial solutions. And again, people's um, situations and credit files are becoming more complex. Mm-hmm. You know, blips and credit blips and credit mistakes um, are more and more common place now across the market as well. These are not bad borrowers or people who are not going to repay. This is still responsible lending. We're still lending to people that we believe are going to repay back. But we, as a specialist lender with human underwriters, we're able to take the time to get close to people's situations Mm -hmm. and lend appropriately based on that. Uh, And then the next big one is lending in retirement. So those three niches I really see as as taking off. Mm -hmm. How how do you feel with regards to, going back to later life lending for a moment, on, on the on the kind of calculation point for lending amounts and yeah. affordability. How does that work with that product? Okay, so this is actually something that's, you know, I think it's pretty cool what we've done actually here. So we um, take in a lot of information at dip stage. So there is a lot of information that the broker needs to um, pick up from the from the customer and the borrower. Um, we use that information to understand how the income um, changes through the term of the full term of the mm-hmm. mortgage. So if there might be the the, the particular bar applicant might have three pensions in the background that all kick in at different stages. So we take that into consideration. Okay. We then run multiple um, scenarios as to if it's a joint application, for example, what happens if applicant one dies? What mm-hmm. happens to their pension pot? Does it get transferred across? How much of it does it get transferred across? Equally, do they have life insurance? We take life insurance into account and how on the death of either applicant one or applicant two, how does life insurance impact affordability? Mm -hmm. So we run these multiple scenarios in the background and that allows us to really pinpoint and focus in on the area of the, or or the specific year of the term of the mortgage where affordability is tightest, which allows us to really focus in our underwriting on that point, Mm -hmm. which means that we are really confident that these are, this is a responsible mortgage at the end of the day. It is an affordable mortgage at the end of the day and uh, and it is, uh, you know, appropriate to lend to these applicants. Mm. Do you have, is it manual underwriting that you have at Oldermore? 
it, it is yep. manual underwriting. So every single um, lending decision through a mortgage division has a um, a manual underwriter signing off on on the lending decision, manually uh, mandated. Of course, we've got um, you know online systems and online dips, and and the we've got a lot of systems in the background to leverage the underwriters as much as possible. But ultimately, it is a human mandate on every single lending decision. It's interesting. I mean, it, to me, it it's not a complex product. I think mm-hmm. what you'll have is complex clients, yes. um, and you are probably dealing with with a vulnerable end of of the of the of the borrowing market. That's correct. Um, and this is where I think the broker will be able to really add some value into this because mm-hmm. you know we I talk a lot about advice, and I think everything should be about advice. Yep. Um, and there will be some vanilla mortgages and lots of low hanging mm-hmm. f- fruit, and that, and that will fly through some 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 systems very very easily. But when you're dealing with an older generation. Um, the demographics have changed. Um, culture has changed a lot. I think these people want to sit down and, and understand what, as, as you said, actually, is, is it just about equity release or what else have we got? And this is where we do need innovation. Mm. It's an overused word, mainly by me, yeah. but we do need innovation coming in from lenders um, in unison with brokers, in unison with the regulator to try and uh, solve what is actually probably a huge conundrum because yeah. everyone's getting older. The mm. demographics have changed. We are not retiring at 65 anymore. We're not yep. dying at 70. I think statistically you've got a one in four chance of living to 100 if you're born today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the advancements in, in, in medical science uh, and healthy living, um, we are, you know, 100 is going gonna, is gonna to be... I completely 60 agree. I in, completely in, in old money, you know. So this is this probably. I think it's one. It, it also offers opportunities. I think for mortgage brokers generally for collaboration with other types of advisors, because, like you said, with regards to the affordability and in the pension side of things, if you've got mortgage brokers, for example, who perhaps specialise just in that area, they're also going to be general. Let's call them older style IFAs, for example, who are going to have a lot of mortgage-related clients coming to that period who've got that, they need to have the integration with a mortgage broker, perhaps, that they used to have in-house that now may longer be on the books. yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. And, and you know, if, if I think about one of the, you know, potential um, uh, sort of, benefits of a product like this now I'm not a tax advisor in any way shape or form but there is there is the potentially inheritance tax um, benefits mm-hmm. by releasing equity from um, from the mortgage using that as opposed to touching your pension pots um, and equally um, there's if you have a bank of uh, granny and grandpa or bank of mum and dad not only as a mortgage broker are you helping with that later life lending product but if they're mm-hmm. gifting that to the to the children to get on the product uh, property ladder then there's the first time buyer uh, yeah. you know implication there as well and you know I really see this as being a bit of a life cycle of freeing up a lot of this trapped equity and I, and I read that there's 1.5 trillion of equity in property for the over 65s and that's an incredible number Huge I don't even know how many it? zeros it is, is but it is and it's about if we're able to unlock that and get that moving um, I think the benefits to society could really be significant and then one point you made Martin just earlier around the the, 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 the customers and potentially them being vulnerable we absolutely put the customer at the centre mm. of this yep. whole pr- project when, when we kick this off probably about 12 months ago actually it is about making sure our compliance team are absolutely embedded in the in the project and indeed you know it was great working with our distribution partners because they were able to you know get their compliance directors involved with this on day one to mm-hmm. make sure that everyone's completely happy with what was being offered
Fantastic. So how do you feel um, moving on to things like Bartolet and obviously the, the sea changes that came in uh, and have been still being phased in now? How do you think that the industry and certainly what, what's Aldermore's perspective on those Bartolet changes on, on kind of the taxation side of things and that sort of? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so it's it's an interesting one when you just take if you just take the 2018 um, Bartolet mortgage market, um, I think it's actually going to look rel- uh, relatively healthy by the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. um, probably mid 30 billion so maybe 34 35 billion by the end of the year which given last year we did around about 38 billion isn't that much of a contraction there were some scare stories you know this time last year and equally i was i was one of them spouting those scare stories so just just, just show <laughs> that's honesty for you <laughs> you should ignore what i uh, i say but you know there, there were people predicting that it would be maybe high 20s last year so it just goes to show that it is a lot more resilient that being said there's a couple of strange dynamics that have occurred in the buy to let market firstly the purchase market has dropped off quite significantly mm-hmm. um i think that's that's really clear in it london is, it's disappeared i would suggest uh, very much so. Even on the south coast, yeah. To mm-hmm. be honest, where I am, it's yeah. um, maybe one one a month now. It's um, I don't even get that. No, move <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to London's cheap. But <laughs> but I think the thing is, though, it's certainly a case of that kind of. I think the remortgage market is obviously the area where lenders have got to concentrate, yeah. isn't it? That's right. That's right. And, and and the other dynamic as well, which I don't think people are really th- have really thought too much about it, is we have predominantly moved from a two-year fixed mm. remo market to a five-year fixed remo market because there is preferential affordability assessments on five-year fixes. Mm-hmm. So I think as that, you know, moving from a two-year market to a five-year market, I think that will have an interesting um, impact in, in the coming years as well. Fantastic. Well, that, that, that was a really interesting podcast. Yes. I, I think I, I, you know, I think we need to get more lenders coming in. Um, you've done a sterling job there, Charles. Thank you very much. Say. You I have, was checking you the share have... price all the way through of Aldermore. It's up 37% since oh, you started really? talking, oh, so you've done, you've done something right. You, you have shepherded me through this um, gruelling experience very well, and thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your input. It sounds like a really interesting product. Maybe we can catch up again in six months' time. Maybe you can come back on, tell us how that's gone and you know what you've really learned really in, that, in that process. Uh, before you go, uh, Charles, who's your football team? Arsenal. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, no, you, this is the new dawn. Is it? With Dick Emery at the helm, do you reckon? <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Do you, do you go? Are you a season ticket I holder? I am not a season ticket holder. I am on the waiting list for the season ticket holder. And the last time I checked, I was 53,000 on the list. Oh, so I think okay. that will come down quite dramatically. Probably time with uh, Stu taking out his mortgage with you when he's 99. <laughs> well, exactly. <that's laughs> well, brilliant, Charles. Thank you very much. No, thanks, time. I really enjoyed that. I really appreciate that. Stu, that's um, number 11 in the can, I believe, as it the radio in, DJ saying. It is indeed. Yeah, many thanks to Charles um, also as well what you can also do is th- please remember you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and also on Podbean as well you can also send through to us as well your questions at any stage um, for a future guest or even just generally about the mor- mortgage marketplace because we will do another or football or football we will do another questions and answers um, podcast coming up soon so please send those through our Twitter handle is at the LM experience and uh, please send us through your questions when you can excellent Steve Charles thank you until next time Thank you. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party. And your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it.